Hello and welcome back to the Jules 365 podcast. Um, no witty introduction for me today. Um, fortunately, I haven't had time to come up with one. Um, but what does remain the same is that I've got James Hawkins and Carl Pont with me. Um, and as usual, we'll be discussing all the latest Jules news and goings on. Um, looking back at the away win over Peterborough. Um, last night's draw with Wigan. Again, we'll be reviewing the ongoing managerial situation and a little look ahead to the weekend's game against Northampton. Um, so we'll start very briefly because none of us went to the game. Um, we won a game against all the odds. I think we were six to one, and we beat Peterborough one nil. Um, don't know about you, but I was amazed. I was. I to kept refreshing the score. <laughs> to, to double check we were definitely definitely winning it winning the game um, I think Jeff Stenham I suppose was actually a little bit shocked as well um, but it sounds like that we performed a bit Gillingham was old um, we actually fought for every ball and uh, come away with three vital vital points and yeah, people are, <coughs> people are a team that if you have a little bit of a go at them, they'll crumble. And it seems yeah, like they're a funny side, Peterborough, aren't yeah. they? Um, I mean, they wasn't in particularly good form going into the game, and I had conceded seven in their two games prior to it. I think we touched on that when we was previewing the game last week. Um, but one nil was sort of the result I wouldn't have expected. If we was going to win it, I thought it might have been a goal fest. Yeah, like a three-two or something. But. Um, there was no surprise with the way Jill's approached the game, given what Steve Lovewood said in his comments prior. Um, he gave the impression that we was going to have a go, and or, I listened to it on the radio. And once we'd scored, there was a there was a two or three minute spell where there was two clear cut chances at both ends, where it was just two of them throwing. So we could have gone two and up, or they could have equalised, and the game was just on on the edge. Um, but Peterborough are a team that score a lot of goals, so. To keep a clean sheet is probably at probably place. the most surprising thing about it. For me. It sounds like Zakwani had an absolute stormer of performance yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. Speaking to a, some people that obviously went up there and and they were saying that um, that Zakwani was absolutely excellent Saturday afternoon. Luckily, it sounds like also Madison was completely off his game as well. So, but, yeah, an excellent result for Steve Lovell and obviously the player as well. So. Do you think the fact that he has just gone, go and have a go, is the reason why we've won it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that for... How long was Pep AD in charge? Too long. Too long. Uh, eight months. How long? Eight months. Eight months. Eight months. Is that totally? No, wait, did he get given a job in February? No, he got it January. Got January. January. Nine months. That's the thing. Nine months and then obviously a bit under Taylor where they've just been completely held back to allow us to really do anything. I think we only won one away game in Pennock's whole reign. Very. So I think, and it, that was a way. And level, levels come in, and levels gone. Come, 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 come. We'll come, we'll come on. We will come on to level more yeah, um, yeah, further yeah. on, but yeah. I must admit, he's not someone I've given a particular amount of credit to in recent. 
no. weeks and months. So it, it, it surprised me what that we've got to pull that off. But any side, any side that goes to Peterborough have a go at them. They seem to, seem to cry. They always give you chances. Yeah, they're one of them sides. Yeah, and I think that us playing the attacking game against Peterborough worked perfectly because they're one of those sides that let you do that because they they'd rather outscore teams than than, than defend. And I think because we're okay defensively. Um, we, Somehow, good goal from Lee Martin, though. To be fair, he's first for Jills, surprisingly. Yeah, it's taken a long out. time. Oh, first ever, but he did only sort of actually really arrive in February last season. Yeah, and even then, he wasn't really fit to play. He was sort of just dragged out of injury because we needed a man. But. That was a good finish off both both posts. Probably wondered for a minute whether it was actually going to creep in or not. But he ran over to his mum in the crowd. Very nice. Uh, touching. <laughs> but that's what we want more from Lee Martin, really, especially as captain. Because there has been times where we've watched him and sort of thought, for, for an attacking midfielder, does he, does he offer enough in terms of, what well, one, goals, as we've just said, that's his first one. And does he create enough chances for others? And at times, I think that's been a question mark against his name. Um, so hope, hopefully, him, him getting that goal um, on Saturday is might going to give him a bit of a boost and maybe might start seeing some more from him. It's a matter of how much of that's due to the approach of the previous managers. We there, don't know. There, is a, there is that factor, which I suppose only time may tell, depending on the route the club goes down with us. Yeah. It'll prove that. Martin will look a better player with more attacking mindset or whether a new manager comes in fairly soon and we go back to type of sitting 11 men and their dog behind the ball and trying to only lose 1-0 yeah. um, but as Peter briefly covered so we'll move on to the game that we can talk about more because we was all that yesterday um, against the league leaders Wigan um, obviously a one all draw um, I'll start with you Kyle what did, what did you make of the game as a whole and more importantly the performance from Jules I thought it was didn't think we did ourselves any discredit to be playing against they are top aren't they yeah they're top yeah they're top they're just head of Shrewsbury um, didn't think we did ourselves any discredit especially considering everyone was expecting this time last week when Peter Taylor was still in charge for us to be absolutely ridiculed 4-5-0 whatever trying to set up really defensively and not doing very well against them um, yeah I thought we did ourselves no injustice I thought the point was definitely a fair result could we have possibly I see some people saying we could have deserved three I think that's stretching a bit but I thought definitely we were by no means out of it I'd say probably a very even game all around it was quite attacking football I thought we, it all looked really positive but as was such upon earlier we don't know how much that is level not actually being very tactical just saying just go out and attack try and go at them give them a bit of a scare because if you let a team if you just sit back and let a team pummel you and pummel you and pummel you eventually one person's going to make a mistake and then that's it you're a goal down yeah yeah. Um, so by Pressing, by actually having to press them up the pitch not having them completely pummeling us it takes more, less time for them to attack and they've got to spend more time recovering trying to counter I, I, I agree with you that I think the, the draw was probably the, the fairest outcome um, I thought first 10-15 minutes 
they saw a lot of ball and were having a lot of joy, particularly down our left side where Parker and Ogilvy were supposed to be defending. Um, I think they knew that was the area they could exploit and they, they kept getting in behind there. Um, but I think Love will come out and said, I didn't notice it at the time, but apparently he changed from a back three to a back four after about 15 minutes. And to be fair, it would make sense because we got better after that. We started growing into the game. Arguably, should have had a free kick and should have seen Wigan down to 10 um, when List got bundled over. Um, but, you know, we, we, we kept plugging away and there was a clear difference in our approach compared to what we had been seeing. Even though, all right, we've only scored one goal, there, there was an element of intent there, despite the fact we were playing a team up top of the table, which was refreshing to see all round. Do you not agree? Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Uh, I actually thought... I actually thought we deserved three points last night. You do? Yeah, I actually thought we did. Um, bar 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of Wigan looking very, very good. I actually thought as soon as whatever love did, we would flip the switch and we were a lot better. Um, yeah, we can come on strong towards the end of the game. Did they really, obviously apart from the goal, did they really test holding? The goal, the goal's a, a wonder strike. Yeah, it's a very good strike. Did they flash a load across the box? Did Holy make a lot of saves? I don't, can't recall many. No. That he had to case for that. That he had to save a lot. Um, they were very pretty, pretty, very side to side and trying to get in behind. Um, but most of the crosses were over everybody's head and out for a throw or out for a goal kick. I don't think I could have really think about holding where it seemed like for a good 15, 20 minute spell in the second half, every time Jules was going to come forward, they looked like we were going to score. Well, it doesn't look as we, we could have won it. Um, Within a five minutes period of after we, we scored the goal, we had two yeah. golden chances. I, I think it's fair to say, had we walked away from that game 1 0, I don't think anyone would have argued. No, obviously, yeah, because we had Parker, he's played Parker in and he's completely shanked it. Yeah, um, that's, that's good. And then we had one straight after that where the ball's hit the corner flag, isn't it? Yeah. He caught everyone out. Martin's played listed. Yeah. I think his touch was just a little bit off. Yeah, there you go. Um, when that was another good opportunity. If we'd have put one of them away 2 0, you think that's probably game over. Yeah. Um, but ifs, buts, maybes, big thing in football. So we didn't. I actually enjoyed watching us last night. Oh, no, it was. Yeah. But better. First time all season I've enjoyed watching us well, play. First time for the past nine months. Oh, yeah. I've actually sat there and gone, oh, well, Jimmy will find me back. Because under Edinburgh, at least we'd have some excitement, whereas under Pentagon, it was all misery. Yeah. Just a little bit of, like, I think it was, a ta- I think it was, a, I think it was in the first half, or second half, I can't remember which one, where Wigan players got it in the set, like, in central midfield. Big, Bingham's come straight through and smashed him. Where'd you, when did you ever see that under Pentagon? Yeah. yeah. And that is the sort of fight we need. Martin, like, I think Martin, from their cop, from one of their corners, I think it was in the first half. Uh, where they broke Martin's run all the way from like their box to ours to track back because Claire's out of the position. I thought Martin was excellent last night. 
I think as well, maybe it's because Lister's been playing, as whereas under, under Panic and Taylor, whenever the opposition had the ball along their back line, we'd all just retreat to halfway and wait. Whereas now, List especially, with that pace and energy, we're, we're applying a lot more pressure higher up the pitch. Uh, and ultimately, that, at, at League One level, that enforces errors and allows us to gain more possession higher up the field. Um, I think that's a big factor, which is probably helping us look a bit more likely in terms of goals. Because um, we've probably had more shots on target in the last two games than we have for most of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you say, it's just it's been so painful to watch that it's just. We'll, like I say we'll come on to it in a, bit, in a bit more when we talk about sort of Lovell and his credentials. How long that can be sustained, I think there's a question mark over. Um, but f- f- for now, um, I think we just have to. In- I have to try and enjoy and embrace what we're trying to do. That's, I suppose that, that's the main thing. To, the ideas are right. Yeah. Whether or not we can execute them properly over a period of time remains to be seen. It's like us, like us here coming out of coming out of the ground last night. This squad is not good enough to sit ten men behind the ball and no. try and wait wait a game out <laughs> to see if we can break away because we're not a quick enough side and we're not clever enough. So when we do break forward and get out of our box, be clever with it in the final third. No. No. And so the reason why we've got four points out of the last two games to get two really good sides is because we've just gone stuff it, go for it, and it's, it seems to have worked. I think because, like you just said, they didn't have an awful lot of clear-cut chances. Despite the fact we've gone with a much more open and attacking mindset, whereas if we'd have set, sat 11 men behind the ball, I bet they'd have mustered more chances on our goal. Oh, oh. definitely. Yeah. So Actually, sometimes attacking. playing higher up the field yeah. helps you be a bit tighter at the back. They always say attack is the best form of defence. Because you spend more time on the ball higher up the field, all the time in the opposition's half, they can't score. Yeah, believe it or not, not passing the ball 25 yards away from your own goal mouth ends up meaning you will concede less chances if you, if you pass if you it a bit pressure, further up the pitch. If you pressure from the front, most league one sides, most league one sides, can't play out. No, they'll give you a chance. Yeah. So, and every 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 defender in league one's got a mistake in him. I mean, yeah. without wanting to be too critical here, we've seen it at Vayner time and time again because he's been at the club for long enough. So when you when you press like that, it will happen. And if we keep if we kept playing like that, like we did on the Pennock and Taylor, you get the intended results, which is... Crap. Eventually the goal comes, yeah. yeah. You give away so many chances that eventually one one goes in. Um, Normally almost immediately yeah, after the second half starts. <laughs> they're human beings, people are tired. If you're defending constantly for, like, for 85, 88 minutes, it's mentally and physically ball, draining. Clearing balls out constantly, it, it gets to the point where as you go to clear the ball out, you physically can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's when you end up letting the goal in. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the goal scorer, um, Mr. Reeves. Someone that um, we've both said it enough this season, and I, st- I still maintain my point. I'm not a particularly big fan of him. But saying that, he's played 10 league games and got five goals, one in two. You can't really complain about his goal return, but I, there's just something about him which isn't clicking with me. I don't, I don't know if it's his haircut or, or what, but there's, there's something about him which I can't listen to. For me, until he scores a 
go. It doesn't. It's useless. He, it's he, just, yeah. It's a complete. His tail gets up it, once he, it, once uh, he scores. Before he scores, he can't run with it. He can't pass. He can't hold up. He can't win headers. Nothing. And then he scores, and he turns into Ronaldo. <laughs> he starts doing a 360 turn on the way line that he did last night. He starts doing tab overs. He starts taking it around people. He, he holds people off. He holds people off. He turns into something completely different. And I just don't get it. It's very it, strange. It's really frustrating. Very strange. It's really frustrating because, to my mind, he's, he's a donkey. He's an absolute donkey. But when he has a goal school record like that, at the moment, you have to have him in the team because he's our goal scorer. And the goal has again come from playing to his one real strength. Yeah. Get the ball wide, give him something to attack in the penalty area. And he's with his head. You get the service in there, which it was an inch perfect ball. Eves, Eves could have missed. No. Um, and he's put it away. That's something that because we were playing so deep under Penick and Taylor, chances to get the ball wide into the box never came about. The thing is, because he is, yeah, he is a handball, the defenders at this level can't do it. But anything that comes into the box, nine times out of ten, he's going to win. But, but, he annoys me so much because <coughs> he won't score until the <coughs> 70th minute or whenever he scores. The previous 70 minutes, he's hopeless. Yeah, I've not seen too many players like it. I get it at most players, probably, if they score a goal, their confidence goes up a little bit. But he literally transforms into a different beast. He, does. he, turns, he turns from a confidence player into a championship player. <laughs> That's like. Literally, like last night. I wouldn't say you're exaggerating, but you know what? You're probably quite accurate with that. Last night, the South End game was prime example of it. I just last night when he had three people around him, right in the first half, <coughs> he had three people around him, and he tripped over his own feet and lost the ball. Yeah. He scored. He had three people around him and did a 360 turn around the ball. <laughs> How is that logical? Like, what is? I just don't. I really don't get it. It's it's bizarre. Um, look, fair, look, fair play to for keep battling on and keep trying. And that's one thing. I was, that's, yeah, I've not been his biggest fan. So I, I think that's why he's sort of the fans of a lot of the fans anyway have warmed to him. You know, they see his name. Is it? He is a he works hard, and it, yeah. it it's a bit cliche, like. And we always say that working hard only gets you so far, but he does. He's, he's a battler, and does. And that's the, it, that's the thing with it. And I think that's why people follow Eves over Wilkinson. Is that even if he's not going for Eves, he'll still do a job for the team, and he'll still keep trying, and he'll still keep trying to get on the end of things. Yeah. But I think the reason people love him is because you. Whether he's got the ability or not isn't the thing here. You'll always see him give a bloody good go to it no matter what, which is what fans don't see from Wilkinson, which is why they get completely and I think different. the thing is with Eves, I think he knows he's not good enough. Yeah. He just he tries best to work with his kit, whereas Wilkinson just sort of has a bit of an air of I'm better than this on him that I just don't like. He seems like he seems to think that he's better than he is and doesn't try in my head, which might be a bit controversial, but that's how I see his Attitude when I, he's on the pitch. I think the thing is with Wilkinson is that if it's if it's not going for Eves, Eves will just carry on. If it's not going for Wilkinson, the strop begins. He'll have a strop 
and it throws itself into a tackle. Basically, Eves is mature, Wilkins is not. What I was saying that, Eves' red card was pretty stupid the other week. That was frustration. That's true, yeah. But could that have been frustration of the manager and Pennock? And you, you're right, what you say is that. Your opinion of Wilkinson, I'm, I'm fairly certain a lot of Jill's fans go with that. Um, I still stick up for him a little bit. I've, yeah, I've, we know, we know that. We, know that. I think <laughs> we both do. Yeah, but you said before the season, you didn't like Wilkinson from the very first game of pre-season. You said, he's going to annoy me this I season. Didn't. He's going to annoy me I this season. And then I saw Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to annoy I, me this season. I, uh, I've, in, my, in my personal mind, anyway, I've still got the jury out on And the fact is, I don't like my Jill's fans. And the fact and and because he annoys Wilkinson because Jules fans get annoyed by Wilkinson I like it <laughs> so that's basically why I, I like him you're a bad person it'd be, it'd be interesting to see obviously when Wilkinson does get back into the team at some point if one, I say if eventually he will score a goal I'd bloody like to think so and if he, once he gets one maybe then he because he, he scored a fair few goals when he was out on loan at a struggling Chesterfield side last season yeah. at this level so there's clearly something what, there what would you say if he didn't score if he, if he played say he got 25 fixtures and he never scored because even Mark McCammon he would got score. a ratio of 1 to 20 but do you think that score. that may come with the fact that Chesterfield relied on him relied on him a little bit and it made him step it up maybe or maybe they just gave him a, gave him a little bit of love maybe that's what he, maybe he's one of these just yeah. maybe, maybe Love will bring that I don't know because he's already come out in the press and says well, I've spoke I'm suing whatever and like, we both agreed he can he can do more he's showing it in training whatever and it's just a case of bringing it out yeah, here but why wasn't that done by Love previously because if he surely you'd look at the coaching structure and think okay he's he's coach in charge of attacking so surely you'd look at that and think he's got less yeah. work to do I so surely he should I take more from under his wing there but then I look under, I look at how Love will sign and play football compared to what Pennock and Taylor did and now I think look at it and think did Lovell really have any input here or was he just sitting there going I really don't Love, agree with what's happening here Love, 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 Lovell could have said anything to Pennock and Taylor and all they need to say well I don't agree with you I'm going with this because it's my team so and maybe Scaly's just gone I want Lovell here and they've gone alright yeah. but they probably don't I don't, think, I don't know how much involved him because otherwise why would he have gone so far afield from what them two were trying to do he's completely he was part of their it. team it's yeah. It's a strange one. It's a strange one. Yeah. But my mind's not totally made up on Wilkinson yet. I think he needs a bit more. It's still such a. Look, we're, we're 14. 14 or 15? 14 or 15. 14 games into the season. He's only played eight. I remember when Norris first came into the club. Everyone had exactly the same reaction. I liked him. And everyone had exactly. Everyone couldn't stand Norris. But, but, but now, you ask any Jules fan, would you have Luke Norris back yet? No, I liked him initially. I think I'm sort of like Reece Wilkinson. I quite like Norris initially. I don't think... I, I always liked Norris. Yeah, I always liked I thought him. he got a tough time. Oh, I liked him because he brushed Jules fans. He was another one who had that... Well, in the eyes of many, he had that persona that he didn't yeah. look particularly interested. But I thought he worked quite hard a lot of the time. He did quite well when we played and, at North. And, um, yeah, he did. <laughs> that that yeah. season where we was good for Arthur's season, he was playing up front every week yeah. and we was winning games and Dak was scoring goals and yeah. I think Norris got injured and all of a sudden we started falling Stop. away it was a bit coincidental yeah. I thought Norris brought more to the team than people obviously it's irrelevant because Luke Norris doesn't play for Gillingham anymore Conor Wilkinson does um, that's the thing I have more confidence in Norris than I do in Wilkinson now because I've seen Norris score a goal I've seen Wilkinson score plenty of goals in pre-season yeah I know I filmed both of them <laughs> they're all the same game um but let's, let's ask you, um, 
Who would you have given man of the match to yesterday? Me. Yeah. Um. Tough one. Ten minutes of silence. This is a great podcast. It is a tricky one. I, tricky. I, I think it's a tricky um, one. Which is why I've asked it. Okay. I think. I think Bing was a fair shout, but. Um, <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. Okay, I'll feel the silence. I agree with Bingham. Moving on. I, I don't think we had any like necessarily had any eight or nines out of ten, but it was pretty much just sevens across the board last yeah, night. Yeah, I think it was. I I enjoyed. For me, personally, I enjoyed watching Sean Clare last night. I thought he was very, very good, I must admit. Yeah. Considering that's not his position. Yeah. I don't think anything really got past him, opposed to the other side of our defence, where they was getting in a lot, he provides an energy. Um, but he's been pretty good the entire time he's been here, yeah. really, isn't he? Especially as no he one had, a real job for the team. No one had heard of him when he came up, so there was, it was like, oh, is this just going to be another one of them pointless signings? It's a bit like... In a, I'll keep, what have we got until? January, I think. Yeah, like this, this, um, what's his name? Jesse Starkey. What's happened to me? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what was that one about? <laughs> well, I think what's really bad here is I completely forgot we'd signed him until you mentioned that. <laughs> I forgot he was even on our books. <laughs> I don't know why we were scaling it off last year and then sat there a week later. <laughs> Um, <coughs> desperate no, times you're right Claire, Claire was particularly impressive yesterday um, Abram and Zakuani were, were, were good pretty solid um, yeah I, think, I thought it was a pretty consistent showing all round from everyone really um, I suppose if we can do that if we can have the whole team playing at 7s out of 10 more often more often than not you probably will get a result even if it is just a point out of games um, but with Gillingham consistency isn't something we do um, particularly often in, in good spells if it's bad spells we're great at it um, but putting a consistent run of positive results together is normally um, it's not it's not the forte of Gillingham football club, no. is it? Um, but anyhow let's move on to for the third week of the managerial hunt um, Graham Wesley is still the favourite um, probably fuelled by the fact that he was seen and photos at the game last night sitting alongside Keith Millen um, from what I've seen what I've read what I've heard for once the Gillingham fan base seems completely united in an opinion that Graham Wesley coming anywhere near this football club would be a disaster yes it would be the worst appointment Scally has ever made. It's no, I've not seen that. anyone suggest it's a good idea. It's simple. I'll tell you what, I'll go as far as saying I'd have Pennant back over Wesley. <laughs> I think I'd rather see a support manager of Holland and Blair than Wesley here. Simple as that. I can guarantee you now, if we appoint Grant Wesley, we would guarantee we'd get relegated. He got sat by Newport, 11 points adrift at the bottom. And then Mickey Flynn came and kept him up, so their squad couldn't have been that bad. He went to Peterborough and got sacked for being Stevenage. Just outside the relegation zone. When he was it Stevenage or who, who was yeah, it? Yeah, Stevenage. Just outside the relegation zone. Finished bottom, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. 
He won six of 29 games inside of Newport. That's just what we need. And crap at Preston. Any sense of positivity that's built up over these last two games gets shot straight away. The calls for Scally to go would come back within an instant of Wesley being appointed. At the moment, it's died down. Surely, and I said this to you coming out of um, with fans chanting about Steve Lovell last night about we want to stay at Farley Army now. I don't think that was a cry out for Steve Lovell staying. I think it was a cry out. They knew Wesley was there and basically telling him to just jog on and go. Because it, I think it's basically him Scully, don't you dare. I can't see why Scully would look at him and look at his recent record and his last couple of jobs and go, yeah, that's a good idea. He's unemployed, he's cheap, he's not part of the old boys club that he keeps getting criticised for. He, right. ticks, he ticks those three boxes and I think those are the most important ones in his smile. He did play for Gillingham in his playing career though. Yeah. There's the link. There, of course. <laughs> I would say it's a traditional member of the old boys club. You know what Scally is saying in Bristol? He knows the club. <laughs> um, but I remember when he went to Peterborough, he come out blazing with this mad statement going, oh yeah, I've worked it all out and we're going to have 30 to 40 shots on goal every single game, blah, 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 blah. And it worked for about two weeks. Yeah. 30 shots on goal, how many did they, con- how many did they concede? Because to me it sounds like they played Surely like a 1-1-8 formation. Surely Scally, he's got- any bloody break will go to that um, Peter chairman say, what do you think of Wesley? Oh, he's an inspiration. I, I regret sacking him. Yeah. <laughs> like That's Justin what he probably say. I've, I've not seen one Jills fan suggest. Like, at least with Evan, just like, we could see the argument people don't like him because of what he is, but there was that flip side. He's track record is pretty decent whereas Wesley is just looks like a car crash waiting to happen yeah. it would be it would be the worst appointment this football club has ever made and we've had some bad ones I don't uh, I was going to say I don't think he can do worse at Pennant but then I remember what the squad we have is and yes he can yeah because he just revert to type Graham Wesley I don't believe would come here and play attacking football at Peterborough that expectation is there. Yeah. McCantney would go, you are playing football. If you want to manage his team, you will be playing football. Yeah. Otherwise, I will sack you. Yeah. Whereas here, he can come and sit living and go on the ball game if he likes. And he probably will do. And we'll lump it forward for 90 minutes. Like I say, all the good good feel that's built in the last... Whether it's um, a bit over the top positivity in the last couple of games, it's pointless anyway. It's the fact that if, if he appoints Wesley, that disappears. Um, obviously, like I said, Millen was there yesterday. Um, what about if he was to give Millen the job? I'd be more supportive. Yeah. I don't see it as a bad appointment. I don't think it'd be a great appointment, but no, I'd take him over Wesley. I'd accept it more. I'd give him a fair crack, I suppose. I'd, I think on that basis, I'd want it to be like Millen with like Lovell as number and two. I'd like to, I'd like to think that come from Palace and probably play, probably play some good attack football. Yeah. Um, Bristol City tend to demand that quite a bit as well. Yeah. Same as Peterborough, we will, we will play football. Yeah. Um, but obviously there is the spanner in the works now with the last couple of results. Is that Steve Lovell? Obviously people were suggesting well, not suggesting, people are saying give him the job. Um, yeah. As I've said to you, um, James, that I still have big question mark over Massively. him being 
the right man for so four times at the fact that you know any of us could have gone after the shambles that Pennock and Taylor were setting them up right any of us could have gone right go and, just go and play have some freedom go and play any of us could have said that and they'd have gone and played like I said to you it's alright at the moment but in a month's time if we've lost a couple of games back to back does Steve Lovell have the tactical nows and the know-how to turn a run poor result round and that's the big question mark and that's why I think giving him the job would be a big risk. It's, it's, I don't think people quite get that you can't turn a side that's been failing for 18 months into a good League One side at the click of your fingers. It doesn't happen like that. Because, all, because it's, it's, like I said to you last night, it's all well and good. You go to a Peterborough, you're playing with Wigan, where players like that will probably let you have a little bit of time on the ball because they think that they've got good enough attacking players to outscore you. When you play the likes of your your Berries and your your Rotherhams and your Wimbledons and p- teams that are down there and fighting for an Oldhams and stuff like that, where they sit 10 men behind the ball, where you've got to have a little bit about you to break the team down. Can we do that on the level? And Saturday is going to be a real eye-opener because Northampton are going to come to Prefield. They're up. They're not confident. They're probably not going to go at us. They're probably going to come and sit ten men behind the ball. Have we got, like you said, the tactical now is to, to break them down? Because the thing is, you see it so often is that a new manager or a caretaker manager goes into a team and there is an instant impact. Craig Shakespeare. You see it so often, and that's why I think Oldham have made the same risk point in um, what's his name Richie Wellens because they've won a couple of games under his the honeymoon period soon ends and good managers when that period ends and you lose a couple of games the good proven managers can quickly turn that back round and get you winning after a couple of defeats whereas with Lovell as that question mark is that once we lose a couple of games can he get us back on track or will it go like Pennock and it will just start sliding out of control that's the question mark where Lovell's got no managerial experience that's, that's where it'd be a, be a big risk. Would I? That's the thing. If the job was between Lovell and Wesley, I'd take Lovell. I, I would agree in that sense. If, yes. If it was. If Lovell was a, a part of options of Powell and Allen and, and people like that and Millen Evans. and Evans, it'd be probably right at the bottom of the picking order. And, and that's the thing is that, like you said, a rather experienced manager does, in the previous two games, have I enjoyed watching Jimmy Mumble Steve Lovell? Yes, yes, I have. If it comes to Saturday and we go on two or three nils, does Lovell deserve the job? Yes. Yes, he does. Do I think Lovell deserve, maybe deserves the job? I think he does, yeah. Because he's proved that he can do it. But do I think that he's the right man? Question mark. Do, or question do I think he's the right man for the long term? No, I don't. Not for the long term. I don't think if it come down to it and it come down to a relegation battle, I don't think Lovell would have the know-how to get us out of it. And you've also got to consider attracting players. That's the thing. Who's going to come and want to play on Steve? No offence. But they're going to look at a, a Northampton or a Jimmy Ford Hasselbank there. They're gonna like they're gonna look at other other sides, aren't they? They're gonna look at a Wigan where Paul Cook's like won a couple of things. Yeah. Kenny Jacket at Portsmouth. It's a thing. 
it's the thing, I'm, I'm not questioning. Lovell's obviously transformed the team in these two games, but I'm just always cautious is that when new people take over and change things up, there is generally that initial impact which soon runs out. And like I say, I'm just not sure once we lose a couple of games whether he's going to be able to turn it round. Because what, what play, right, we're out play, playing attacking football, once we lose a couple of games, we can't just go. Oh, we're going to play some attacking football. Yeah, because we're already doing it. That's the thing. So what do we do? Then start going. All right, we're going to try and sit eleven men behind the ball again and, we'll and lose games that way. Well, Saturday, it's, it's that's the thing that's going to be interesting about Saturday because where we've played Peterborough and Wigan, they're both teams that all play football and try and attack you. Well, thankfully, I'm not going to do that because because as you said earlier, you're going to sit ten men behind the ball. So whereas Peterborough and Wigan, we set up to the games pretty similarly. North Hampton's going to be different because it's a team that's scrapping at the bottom with us and that are going to play very defensively. So it's going to be interesting yeah, to see if, if, we can, if we can break them down. Yeah. Or it's going to be interesting Saturday. Because it's going to be easier to break down a team that's putting a lot more effort into attacking than, playing, put, than trying to attack a team like, putting 10 men behind the ball. Like I said, if the job was between Love and Wesley, give it a Love Give it a Love please. How... How long do you think Scali will leave it? Do you think he will make a decision one way or the other based on Saturday. Saturday's result? If we lose, he'll give it to Wesley or something. If yeah. we win, he'll give it to Lovell. Yeah. Or think... do you think he'll leave it four or five games with Lovell? He's got to make a decision. I think he Does has... he, though, if all the time we're picking up results? That's what I'm saying. I think he has to completely leave it while we've got at, at least... A, we're only two games here, but while we've got some momentum going forward. He's got to do something, because if Lovell wins Saturday... He's got to do something because Steve Lovell's gone right. I've won three games. Two What's games. happening? Yeah. Or two games, should I say? <laughs> two games. Or I've been unbeaten three. Has last night already gone from your memory. Yeah. <laughs> I've been unbeaten three. What's happening? What are you going to do? You give me a job. He's going to want answers. If he brings in someone like Millen, I think Lovell's got to stay. I think if Millen come in, Lovell would stay. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm with you, James. If if there was only two options on the table and it was Wesley and Lovell, just stick with Lovell. But I don't know why. It's an insane thought, but I'd like to think there's someone better that Scully's looking at. But the impression doesn't seem to be to be going that way. Um, but we'll move on to what we've just discussed that that game on Saturday coming up against um, Northampton I believe it's the first time this season that Jills have been favourites with the bookmakers to win a game um, really? Northampton are second bottom um, it may well be the only time <laughs> yeah maybe home against Oldham maybe so like like you say it's it's a different type of test for Jules this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. It's completely different to what the last two games were. Completely, completely different. different to what? To any other game we're going to play this season, yeah. what we'd have played so and far this season. Not only because we're playing against a team lower down the table who might have a more defensive mindset. After these last two games, there's an expectation there now to go and perform, to go and attack, to go and deliver. That's the, that's the issue, because we've done well against better teams, and Northampton are exactly. quite, quite objectively pretty rubbish at the moment. Which means, in typical Jules fashion, we'll perform against the good teams, we'll go and play second bottom of the league, and we'll probably get beat. Yeah. That's what Jules normally do. Um, God, we're almost odds on to win. Mad. Mad what a couple of good results does, isn't it? <laughs> um, but what would you do line-up-wise? Would we stick with the same? For me, Garmston comes back in. 
after being rested yesterday. Yeah, yeah, to start. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Not a full 90, but to start. That might be up, the only change. It's shocked that Garmston is ahead of Gilby in the pecking order because he went with Garmston on Saturday. Uh, probably. Maybe Byrne. Yeah, Byrne. Even though I'd do. Did like Hesseter last night. I thought, I, was he was, impressed with Hess. I thought he was okay yesterday. Actually. Yeah, I was impressed with Hess. Um, yeah. Uh, Parker out of it. Oh. <laughs> Getting rid of him. So looking at stick pods. What's he? You swap Parker for Burton then? Well, no, I'll probably play what four four two. Four four two. That's what he switched to yesterday. So I assume that's what he'll go with. Got to be looking if at Garmston. Yeah, probably. If you're going 4 4 2, it'll probably be. Um, yeah, I mean, 4 4 2, you skip the fair right back, don't you? Well, I don't know, he's saying that there's a half a chance that Lacey and O'Neill could be back. I'd stick the fair right back. No, I we wouldn't want to change the winning form. Well, no, uh, 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 win. a relatively successful <laughs> formula. I will reword. A relatively um, successful formula. For me, same back four instead of Garmstrong, but it'll be. Uh, probably Wagstaff in the right, maybe. Martin in the left. Did you say he's fully fit, though? So I don't really want to see Wagstaff unless he's fully fit. See, the thing to me is, I still think that Lish should be playing as a winger. Yeah, potentially. I think he's a little bit lightweight to play as a centre forward. And he'd be better off there giving delivery. Maybe this then. He's quick enough to outrun his man, and then he's, yeah. got, the, he's got the technical ability of his feet to deliver balls right where the dog he wants them. Because if, if, if he wants to stick that kind of roll up front, play Candor Nash with Eves if you want that high energy yeah. from the front. And yeah. have, have List out wide for a bit, bit of extra pace. Because we know for well that Nash and Candor will do exactly what List did, which is run at everyone. Yeah, they'll just put pressure on them. Pass for people. I think this is potentially the last you're going to see in that. It's very strange. I think... I said to you, in training, there's clearly something that Cundall's doing that Nash isn't. Maybe even Wilkinson. Why has Cundall come on instead of Wilkinson yesterday? He must be doing something that said the others aren't. He said his press conference, didn't he, that Nash is good enough. Yeah. Didn't yeah. He? But he's got to do... He's got to do more training and stuff like that. The problem is, all the time Eves is scoring, that's one place taken up. For some god knows reason, they like Parker. And then you've got Cundall, who all the youth team coaches seem to like Cundall. They always have. He seems to have a lifetime deal with Gillingham. He's, he's, he's been at the club since he's been eight. He's um, been at the club for longer, well, for over half his life. He's been at the club. Um, then you've got Wilkinson. And you've got Nash. And I think Nash is he's right down on the bottom of that. He's bottom of And like I said to you, I think he needs a loan move. He's got a two year deal. And I think in January, we need to send him a loan for six months to a League Two team. Bring back in the I think conference. Conference will do no good. It's still, it's still high, a lot higher than where he was before. Conference will do no good. I don't think. But I think he's at league side. But we've all said before, there's the difference between League Two and Conference is now completely. The reason why, Carl, is the reason I say that is because the difference between League Two and League One is nothing now. 
and I think if he went to a League 2 side and showed that he could do it there, you'd have no question of putting him back in. There's a big difference between the conference and the League 1. So who's loaning to then? Because all the, all the teams relatively local to us are doing well in League 2. But that might give him a sense of confidence to go in and score. Yeah, what I'm saying is what, what local League 2 team would take him? Which one? Because they're all doing well. So they might take him, but he wouldn't be starting every week. The whole point of it, how, sending out on loan, is he'd want him to start every week. If you said how, how do you know he would? No, but I'm saying... You often, see, you often see sides of tinkering on the brinks of promotion and they sign that one player that goes and scores 10 goals and promotes them. Why can't that be Nash? See your point. Do see your point. It's one of them though. You never know what, what can happen. Say, say you throws his elbow about against Saturday yeah. and gets banned for another three games. Yeah. I think it'd be four then, for a second straight red actually. Or say... <laughs> Um, Parker picks up an injury or something and then we're left with Wilkinson, Cundall and Nash. He might then, out of nowhere, get a break. He might get on and score and then all of a sudden he's in the team. You, you never ever know. It, some, especially as we've not got that many options. It can only take one or two little things to happen and he might get that break. Don't get me wrong, if injuries were to happen, Cundall gets in in front of him at the moment, I think. I don't think you question that. But we're still not blessed with so many attacking options that... for me though when Cundall's on the pitch I don't think we're going to score <laughs> through him the, th- the thing is that I've seen people say that like yes but the thing is that once he he come on yesterday as soon as we'd conceded the goal and I think we was quite happy to take the 1-1 at that point yeah. we gave up the attacking I suppose the attacking intensity sort of thing I suppose and when, when you're coming on for 10, 10 minutes you, you for a forward, you need 10 15 minutes to get into a game, really. yeah. So, I think he's been dealt a little bit of a hard card. Um, because I see him working hard enough, I, that's what Wilkinson doesn't do, and people don't like it. Took it. 10 minutes to get all these stuff off, didn't he? <laughs> he was dressed like snowman, <laughs> um, but I'd kind of I'd, I'd like to see them both get a fair yeah, yeah. at some point. I'd like to see them up front together, but. It'd be interesting. At some point this season, surely, not necessarily at the same time, they will both get their chance. Got to. Got be to. really sad if they didn't. Eves is bound to do something stupid again. Of course. And people, players pick injuries up. Players come and go out of form. You know, Eves might go, set, oh, well, I say that, Eves might well go seven, eight games out scoring, and he'll probably still be the number one striker. Yeah. I feel like he's one of those players that really doesn't pick up injuries anyway. He does appear to. He might not. He might not. Because um, you do get those, obviously. You do get some players that are just, that just body-wise, are fit as a fiddle and really don't, don't, don't get muscle injuries. But never know. Maybe, maybe the FA Cup game, it's Orion. Maybe National. Get National Cundall playing. I think that's what's important to me. Is that do. Which is what the paint you look at the Kekatray Trophy game against Colchester. Yeah, Nasha goes there. Yeah, Eve's played, didn't he? That's the point. I'd like to think that when we played Reading and Maidstone, that's the sort of games that Nash can prove himself. Oh, he'll play against Maidstone. Didn't you say something? Apparently at Phoenix Sports, Nash was very, very poor. Apparently, apparently so. Which might but, explain why Cundall is in front of But like I said, if you haven't if you haven't kicked a football yeah, yeah. for six weeks and you've started playing 90 minutes you can't expect someone just to click it and switch score, go and score two or three goals so if someone if it's Phoenix Sports those guys are playing week in week out 
if Nash has been sitting on his arse for like six weeks, not touching anything, this is, this is the, the, the old argument where a lack of reserve league football is a bad thing. Yeah. Because otherwise, your likes of Nash, Cumber, Waldacre, O'Mara could be playing week in, week out. All right, it's reserve, reserve fixtures, it's not competitive men's football, but it's keeping them sharp, keeping them, keeping them going through the motions that if they do need to be called upon, there's more chance of them being able to deliver because at the moment Nash, Cundall, Old Acre alright they're on the bench for games not coming on and then what they're doing for the, what, what football they're getting yeah. apart from training yeah exactly it's it's, it's a tricky one because um, like you say with Nash and Cundall and same with Old Acre Omar and stuff until they start playing men's football consistently they're never going to reach their full potential same with that. That got thrown in eventually. and just played and played and played. And eventually, he blossomed. We've got players here that I think could be almost as good or as good as that. I, I, I think Old Nash, Acre. Cundall, Oldacre, O'Mara, Tucker from what I've seen, Simpson. I think they could all be capable of playing at our level in time. Yeah. But it's just a case of giving them enough... Because... You can't wait until they're 22, 23 and then go, oh, we'll give them a chance now. Because then they've wasted four or five years of their career oh, sitting on their backside. In which case their development would be three or four years behind where it could be. Whereas that came into the fold at what, 18, 17, 18? Yeah, yeah. So he right didn't lose any time. And then he's developed the right way. Hester Tyler coming young. All right, I don't think Hester Tyler's a world beater. But he's been playing consistently in League One for four or five years now. Yeah. You've just got to get, eventually they come to a point where you just have to give these players a chance. Yeah, you have to. You have to, you have to give them a chance to let them go. Or let them go and play somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Because it isn't fair. No, of course it it's isn't not. fair. I'd rather see, if we're not going to give these boys a chance, I'd rather see them go and blossom somewhere else. Not that I want to sit, not obviously I want, as a Jules fan, like to see that, but it isn't fair for the boys' careers. To sit on that bench, sit on that bench for four or five years, isn't right. No. And we've got a talented, talented group of youngsters. There's quite a few, yeah. There's quite a few. The, the most I've seen in years. It's a big batch. It's a big batch. No, so we've, we've, we've obviously spoke to Pato before and he was raving about a lot of them. They're, they're all good oh, oh. I wouldn't have any problems having Simpson, O'Mara, Tucker, Old Bacon, Nash, Cundall, all in that genuine side. Are you saying that just brought something into my head? Do you reckon Patterson's got a say in Cundall coming in over Nash? I think this could be the plus point that if Lovell did get the job full time, Patterson will obviously be the number two. Yeah. Will he then maybe be able to twist Lovell's arm a little bit? If there is a selection dilemma, he might go, how about giving one of these a go? That's the thing, isn't it? Mark Patterson will know better than anyone else at the football club whether that individual player is ready to go into this side or not. And that's what he said to us about them both. All the fans were calling for it, but he knew, having worked with him day in, day out, he wasn't ready. So the fact that Cundall and that are getting on the bench must be a hint that they are ready, but you can't show it in 10-minute spells off the bench. Yeah, no. Not at all. So, I don't know, but we'll move on to the last last little bit. Um, I will ask you for your predictions for Saturday. Are you going to go with the optimism? Keep keep the good runner form going? I'm going to go with the 2-1 2-1? Yeah. yeah, I think we'll get a win. Yeah? Carl? We'll keep a clean sheet. 
I think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. I'm going to go 2-0. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think it really depends on line-up, but if we play the similar line to what we had yesterday, but say Garnford instead of Ogilvy, and start with a 4-4-2, I reckon 3-0. If we win, club will get it. I think it will. And I think if it, like we've both said, if it's, if it's just switch down at the end of the game to, is it Lovell or is it Wesley? I think give or take one or two people, 100% of the two fan base would say Lovell, yeah. Do you think it will be Lovell? If we win Saturday, yeah. I am still certain it will be Steve Evans. Even though, like, still said that he's staying. It's a vote of confidence and nothing more. You see that week in, week out. Oh, yes, we have full confidence in him. Two weeks later, he's unemployed. But that's the thing, though. How long can Scally wait for him? I think, like I said to you, I think we'll wait out until the summer. Wait until what, his contract's a year down. He's cheaper and he's got more time to plan. What, Steve Evans then? Yeah. I don't think Evans would take a job like this. Because he'd want his own side. What can, he do? what can he do with that in January? I've just never known a team that takes so long to appoint managers. Apart from Penner, he seemed like he'd come in the next day. But I'm more appointed Edinburgh, it was a dragged out thing. Yeah, ages. T- took over a month, didn't it? Yeah. But this has taken over a month now, hasn't it? I've been on three weeks at the moment. Be four weeks on mon- Monday. Yeah, Monday. Hopefully, right, so he, did, he did say initially he reckons it won't be done till December anyway. Yeah, but what? What reason is there for it to take that long? Imagine if Peter Turner didn't resign. Jesus. Christ. Imagine, imagine where we. Imagine just how much of a difference this week has been just from Scully. Just from Scully saying, "No, I'm not considering you for the job full time." It's a bit of a weird one though. How Taylor's gone. Nothing's happened. That was obvious with Taylor, wasn't it? All along, he agreed to come in with Pennock, knowing he'd be useless, thinking, I've got my foot in the doorway to take over. So, like, Scally's gone, no, you're not having it, and he's walked out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's clearly what's happened, isn't Probably it? Probably the toys out of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought he was going to get the job because he was sitting upstairs, and it turned out Scally didn't quite fancy that idea. Rightly so, as well. Yeah, that time Scully went in the decision. But anyway, we digress, and we draw this podcast to a close um, thanks for listening as ever hopefully next week we can be discussing another positive result and yeah we will catch you next time